little energy drink going. Greetings, piggies. Got a little hangover going as well. Got a little erectile dysfunction going. Otherwise, it's uh, doing pretty good here in the Orange County. The OC. For some reason, the is placed in front of OC. The Orange County. Uh, except there's a st <laughs> there's still a little bit of an echo going on in here, but that's fine. We're still setting it up in the room. The new studio we got. Uh, right now, we got two walls done. If you follow me on Instagram, at Dave Weasel, you know what's coming along. If you're a, a subscriber, you, you're put into my close friend story. You can see it that way. Um, guess we got to do the other walls, the ceiling, maybe the floor. I don't know. We'll just turn it into a full-blown orgy room. It's already a fart room. May as well go full hog. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to episode number who gives a shit of the Valley Boys. I am your host, Dave Weasel. Let's get this over with. So I've been reminded uh, by a friend of mine who pulled the ultimate shithead move a few months ago. Um, I've got this buddy who's a grade A moron at times, all right? Dude couldn't find his ass with both hands in a flashlight. And he starts dating this girl, you know? And it's, it's still very, very new. And he says he's going to take her out on a real date. You know, paint the town red or whatever. But then, wouldn't you know it, there's a football game on the same day. Dolphins are playing the Chargers and we want to go. Now, this is back when COVID was still kind of a thing, you know? You remember that? When the Black Plague had a baby with the Spanish flu and they gave it a Twitter account? Or an X account now? Nope. Not calling it that. Anyways, uh, I tell him, dude, just say you've got COVID. That's an easy out. It's like the Swiss Army knife of excuses. Personally, I've had COVID twice. But depending on who you've asked, I've had it like 17 times. Okay? But then this dumbass... Like the football version of a safari tourist decides to take a little Instagram snapshot from the game. You know, it's like watching a train wreck, but it's also on fire and it's full of clowns with COVID. Anyways, the girl sees this post and it's game over. Well, that game, she sends him a message. She says, I see you don't have COVID. You're just like all the other guys. And she blocks him better than the Chargers defense. So... He's sitting there with his mouth open, you know, kind of looking at the message. He makes that oh noise we make when something doesn't go our way. Now, don't get me wrong. Using COVID as an excuse, solid plan. You could dodge anything from a bad date or a co-worker's birthday, whatever. But for the love of all that is holy, if you're going to do that, don't post your whereabouts on social media. That's like robbing a bank and then posting a selfie with the cash, which people have done, by the way. There's no escaping that. Escape, you know, <laughs> you know what the ultimate escape room is? Trying to cancel a Cirrus XM trial you didn't ask for in the first place. Oh, they got you in their sights, man. It's like they magically know your hometown and call you up from a number uh, with that familiar area code, you know? So you pick it up, your heart starts pumping, you're thinking something's gone wrong back home, and they go, is this David? You know, using the full version of your name like a, like a funeral director. You're like, yeah, is everything okay? And they're like, I'm afraid not. Your Cirrus XM trial is ending in six months. And you're like, ah, oh, what the fuck? I didn't even want it. This is the uninvited guest that came with the car. And you tell them you don't want to hear about their splendid packages or whatever. And you beg them not to call you again. And then they, they say something like, okay, well, we'll see about that. You know, sounding more like a, like a mafia boss and a customer service rep. And the next thing you know. You're on Threads, the Facebook and Instagram mashup they had that had a lifespan of a fruit fly, <laughs> came up and then was gone, and SiriusXM is probably on there too, looking for you, stalking you like a girl at a football game. But I gotta say, it could be worse. It could be worse. Do you know what's worse than them? It's those, uh, those movie passes for the theater. 
Uh, I think it's AMC. Or maybe I'm just throwing shade at a random company, but the deal is 25 bucks a month, unlimited movies. So last year we signed up, you know, three months in, we're done. Want to cancel? Good luck. They vanished off the face of the earth. No social media, no threads, just a GeoCities website that looks like it was designed by a blind mole. It's the Hotel California of subscriptions. You can never leave. Finally, finally, in the darkest corner of the web, I find where you can request to cancel which is, I guess, truth social. And so, uh, and yeah, it's request to cancel, you know? It's like begging for gruel like your Oliver fucking twist. And they granted me permission to ask them to cancel. May I please cancel, sir? And they hit me back with that. Okay, well, we'll think about it. You know, it's like the only way you can get out of it is to ask the movie pass boss on the day of his daughter's wedding. I actually had a, a good question sent to our Valley Boys Instagram page forwarded to me. Um, if you must ask it at, at Valley Boys Podcast on Instagram, uh, someone says, what TV dads would vote for Trump? And I believe that's a harder question than it seems. All right. So let's just do some animated TV dads. Okay. Uh, Peter Griffin. All right. I think it depends on what he gets drunk with on election day. And you know, he's getting drunk on that day off. All right. Let's say he's at um, whatever it's called, the clam uh, with the guys and all they have is Bud Light. OK, and he's pounding him back. He's thinking, hey, this isn't so bad. You know, they had the trans mascot. That was a thing. But here we are. They're getting the job done when he needed it the most, you know, and he starts thinking about Democrats that way. But I, I truly believe that's the only scenario I see him voting for Biden. You know, they got that patriotic beer on that show, which, of course, is branding for half of the beer out there. Whatever makes a beer patriotic. What do they grow the barley on Mount Rushmore? You know, the American dream before the American hangover. But no, I think Peter would vote Trump. Um, I'm not saying that all Trump voters are Peter Griffin, but all the Peter Griffins in America, and there are a lot of them, would vote Trump. All right, Bob Belcher from Bob's Burgers. All right, he's a proprietor of a small business. He's hardworking. He's got a mustache like Tom Selleck. He's got a wife that's like a glass of red wine in human form. That is the Republican Party poster right there. But the thing is, he's more of a creative type, you know? He makes he makes burgers like an artist. If uh, it's like if Picasso painted with a spatula. Now look at him. Okay? He's got he's very supportive of his son Gene. Could you imagine the typical Trump voter watching their son prance around with a guitar, dreaming of being on Broadway, never picking up a wrench or a Bible? Nah. Bob's a lover, man. He's got the he's got a heart the size of his mustache. And I believe he'd vote Biden. All right. Frank from F is uh from F is for Family would definitely vote Trump. Okay? But that's a hard situation because that show takes place in in the 70s or what was it? 70s, okay? So, how do we how do we classify this? Is this Trump running back then in the 70s? Is it uh Frank being his age in the show now or is it that he aged into his 80s and he's voting for Trump now? Whatever. I, regardless, I think he'd still vote Trump, you know? He's always yelling at the TV. He's mad that his wife has a job. Let's see. He, he'd look at a guy like Trump and say, that guy says it like it is, as though that's a qualification to be president. Or if whatever it actually is has any merit and truth. Whatever. I think he would vote Trump, but to be honest, it's been a while since I've seen that show. All right, Homer Simpson. See, that's the hardest one because I think he is split down the middle. Not necessarily of both parties in that it's just that I think he wouldn't care. You know, on one hand, middle class working white guy, middle America. Okay, that screams Trump. But he's also got a Lisa 
you know, and he loves his daughter and, and she'd be pressuring him to vote Biden or probably third party, but whatever. Um, bit of a lazy answer. They already had it in the show. And I think that's exactly right. If he wanted to vote Biden, he'd accidentally vote, vote Trump and vice versa. You know, they already showed that that's exactly what would happen. But since he's got the day off, he'd probably be getting drunk just like Peter and forget about it altogether. He's the kind of guy who would set an alarm for an early morning jog, but would hit the snooze and eat a donut instead. Who else? Um, Randy Marsh from South Park. Obviously Biden, you know. They already showed him going nuts for Obama. I'm sure he'd go bonkers for Biden. He likes weed too much. Republican voters seem to forget that. They want to take that away from you. And it's almost like Randy would be a single-issue voter just on that. Aside from, you know, his business of selling it on Integrity Farms, he also microwaved his own balls into a hoppity hop so he'd get cancer to have a prescription for weed. Undoubtedly Democrat until Republicans can get on board with marijuana. Okay, let's do one more. American Dad, that guy, uh, Stan. So on one hand, you know, gun-toting, flag-waving, square-jawed man probably needs to point out that he's a red-blooded man for some reason. But on the other, he's also harboring an illegal alien. It's funny. It's funny how people will sway their party lines depending on one particular thing like that, you know? You'll hear all the time of someone voting for the party, trying to take away their own health care, but then they'll accept it when the other party gives it to them for free. Ultimately, with Stan, his favorite colors are red, white, and blue. And his other favorite color is liberty. And another color is freedom. So I can't, I can't imagine him ever voting for Biden. Red-blooded. How did that get appropriated to manliness? Why do people need to say that? You know, I vote for Trump because I'm a red-blooded American male. Red-blooded. As opposed to what exactly? <laughs> I ain't blue-blooded like a goddamn lobster. It's red. I'm a straight man. I'm a Trump man. Red-blooded as though there's uh, some kind of connection between sexual orientation and political ideology with the color of your blood. Maybe there is, you know? You go to the doctor, he pricks your finger for a test, and uh, he goes, hmm, seems your blood is a bit magenta. Guess you got some liberal in you. You probably don't even want to pay for this hospital visit. You fucking healthcare wanting magenta blood having freeloading libtard. <laughs> it just seems like a strange thing to proclaim, you know? Red-blooded. It's like a biology lesson, you know? I'm oxygen breathing, food eating, dick pissing, ass farting, red-blooded Republican. <laughs> do, you th do you think animals do that? It's like, you know, guys, I'm a real fish eating, cold water swimming, egg balancing on my feet kind of penguin here. That's the mark of a true patriot. Literally anyone could say, I'm red-blooded. And... 100% of living human beings could reply, same here, man. And it would be true. But be careful. Be careful, because the next thing out of that guy's mouth is going to be about Hunter Biden's laptop. Red-blooded. It's like an excuse for skeevy behavior. You know, like honking the horn at a woman walking in a stroller with, uh, with yoga pants on. They're like, what? I'm just red-blooded. Like that's their get-out-of-jail-free card for creeping on girls half their age. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not a get I'm not about to get all high and mighty about, you know, slight age gaps in relationships. But I'm not talking like Woody Allen level creepy here. Just more if you've already got a couple of decades under your belt. What's a few years difference here and there? Okay, you remember high school, right? There was always that one senior who treated the freshman like a personal buffet. You know, that guy was always weird. Seniors and freshmen, man, grade 12 and grade 9. It's like they met on a, a dating app called Megan's Law. 
And sure, you've got that 33-year-old guy who only dates college girls, you know? That's kind of eyebrow-raising. But if you've got a 40-year-old with a 25-year-old, who am I to judge? You know, it's not my cup of tea, but as long as uh, he didn't meet her while he was, while she was selling Girl Scout cookies or, or he was her high school principal or on Megan's Law, I don't see the issue. I mean, when I was 21, I dated an 18-year-old and we were together till I was 27. A three-year age gap is hardly worth batting an eye over. And you know who, you know who had a problem with that, um, with that age gap where the guys in her year trying to get their claws in, you know, always sniffing around, calling me old balls or whatever. A senior in college dating a freshman in college isn't the same as it is in high school. I mean, especially if it's a college senior dating a high school freshman, that's some Leonardo DiCaprio shit. All right, guys, listen up. Let me tell you something about HelloFresh. I mean, really, if you're still standing in line at the grocery store, I got to ask you, why? Do you like to suffer? Do you got nothing better to do with your time? If that's you, stop it. HelloFresh is like having a personal chef, but you don't got to be rich or famous or even likable. They send you the recipes, seasonal ones, you know, things like backyard brass bars and tangy keem lime pie. Man, that's food I didn't even know I wanted until I had it, okay? And it's not just for dinner. No, no. They got your snacks and sides covered too. Seriously, you can add whatever you want to your order. It's like those candy stores where you mix and match, except for this is all good for you. Now, I don't know about you, but I hate waste, especially food waste. It makes me feel guilty. But with HelloFresh, everything is pre-portioned. You know what that means? means I'm not staring at a whole unused cucumber at the end of the week thinking, what was I even going to do with that anyway? And let's not forget their fresh and fit summer menu. I'm not a health nut. I mean, look at me. But even I can appreciate a good healthy meal when it tastes this good. Plus, they have options. Like, a lot of options. More than 40 recipes every week. You could literally cook a different meal every night and not repeat one for over a month. Try doing that with your own cookbook. Don't believe me? It's cheaper than takeout too. And faster. Their fast and fresh recipes are ready in like 50 minutes or less. So next time you reach for your phone to order another boring pizza, think about that. Now here's the best part, okay? I love it. Personally, it makes it saves time and it makes cooking easy. All 13 of my children can even do it. And they don't even know how to tie their shoes. So let's give it a shot. I mean, it's HelloFresh. It's like taking the best parts of a cooking show without all the hard work. And who doesn't love that? Green Chef and Every Plate is now owned by HelloFresh. And with a wider array of meal plans to choose from, there's something for everyone. I mean, I love switching between the different brands. And now my listeners can enjoy both brands with a discount with me. Go to HelloFresh.com slash ValleyBoys50 and use code ValleyBoys50 for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash ValleyBoys50 and use code ValleyBoys50. All right, what else? Oh, I got caught talking to pizza again. Uh, I think that's another stage of obesity, you know? It's not like the pie in the shower stage, but it's, it's above the stage of having more fast food apps than contacts in your phone. It's strange how that works. What a slippery slope that is. One minute, you're monitoring your calories and carbs and macros like, like an autistic chess champion. And the next, you're telling whatever pizza that didn't fit in your face, I'll see you soon, baby. Like a lovesick sailor departing for the seas. I'm pretty sure the Uber Eats drivers know me by name. Now, not because that's the only thing it says about me on their app, but because they'll see a Taco Bell order in the middle of the afternoon 
They'll go through it all and think, oh, look at all this fat assery. Must be Dave again, collecting calories and trips to the bathroom. It's weird they make you rate Taco Bell on delivery apps. Like, really? You know exactly what you're getting yourself into, and it's the same every time. It's either 10 stars out of 5, you know, doubling it up, or depending on what horrible life choices you've made that evening, and it's the greatest thing on earth, or it's a big fat zero stars and an appointment with a doctor. See, I talk a big game like that, but I don't ever get diarrhea from Mexican food. I know that's a stereotype, but I've got the, the body and digestive system of a, of a gamer, you know, or like a, like a drug addict that gets high by eating food, you know, a strict diet of 7-Eleven pizza and 7-Eleven burritos and 7-Eleven steel reserve. Basically, my 7-Eleven points are my retirement fund, okay? My 401k is going to be 401kgs if I keep eating these day-old taquitos, Steel reserves, man. That was my drink of choice when I first moved to the U.S., okay? Where alcohol is so much cheaper than it is in Canada. And I still found a way to cut corners on that. Two steel reserves are more than enough to get the job done. You know, you're on that yellow brick road that leads to Taco Bell at 2 a.m. And the whole th for two of them, it only costs two, four bucks. And uh, would I do it again? No. Do I regret it? Yes. Yes, of course. That was pure sludge. It's weird. It's called alcoholism and not a drinking disorder. <laughs> that sounds a little more PC or a better way to call in sick, you know? Sorry, my drinking disorder flared up last night and now I can't come to work today. I'm also not allowed back at the bowling alley. It's a lot better than saying it's a disease. Like that's been a thing for a bit, you know, like you caught it on the toilet seat or at an orgy. But hey, if you could starve yourself skinny and call it an eating disorder, then you could drink yourself stupid and call it a drinking disorder. That's all I'm going to say about that. But for people like me, drinking White Claw does nothing until it hits you all at once. You know, you'll be four of those things in and uh, you're like, this This is like McDonald's Sprite gets me drunker. drunker. <laughs> and then the next sip, you're putting on clown shoes and stealing a forklift. See, McDonald's Sprite is delicious. White Claws are not. It tastes like someone told an AI machine about some kind of fruit and then the white claw flavors are the result. It's like trying to draw out a repressed memory of a fruit you've never even had. If I could give a 3D printer instructions on what a peach tastes like, it would print out a six pack. Whatever. It's not about the taste, it's about the result. Still, if that's the motivation, stick with steel reserves, okay? If pie in the shower is a slippery slope to obesity, steel reserve is the icy downhill to an eviction notice. At least with White Claw, the worst you're looking at is a posh stit in a rehab clinic, you know? The steel reserve, drinker, uh, the steel reserve drinker's version of that uh, would be like moving back with your mom and your fourth stepdad in their house that smells like cat piss. <laughs> All right. You know, you know what? It's a good thing we didn't have steel reserve in Canada. I mean, forget about rehab, jail, or a step program. It would have been a one-way ticket to the afterlife for me. Okay, I'm not a heaven believer, but I think if it was real and someone drank themselves to death on steel reserve, they'd arrive at the pearly gates, you know, see all their dead relatives, but surprise, motherfucker, intervention. The AA meetings uh, in heaven would be much worse, okay? It feels like they go on forever here on earth. Imagine for all eternity, you know, working towards that 10,000-year chip. It doesn't matter. I figured it all out in Winnipeg. I still have my tango with the cheap booze, okay? It took a long time of playing in bands and doing comedy before I was paid in cash instead of, uh, you know, drink tickets. 
navigating that torturous landscape of drinking on a budget. You guys remember that guy, Dick Rivers? Okay, he was on the third or fourth episode of this podcast. I've mentioned him 600 times. Still owes me 300 bucks from over a decade later. He claims I took a dump on his stage, even though I ran a full investigation. I asked uh, every member of Senior Dinosaur, the band we were in, uh, they all said they didn't do it. It's all clear. Nobody was the phantom pooper. Okay, you think that's enough evidence? And it is, because not only would they admit it, they'd be parading that fact around. So I don't get why Dick Rivers is still posting shit about me online saying I took a dump on the stage. But you know what? Uh, don't think for a second I didn't enact a, a small, petty, and utterly satisfying bit of revenge. And by small, I mean a kitchen table-sized revenge, okay? The guy has some beautiful, authentically sticky bar-high tables at his joint. And on one winter night, me and my friend Craig, okay, we braved the Winnipeg tundra. We're walking around like damn penguins on a skating rink, hauling one of these beauties out the back door. Because he was too drunk at his own bar and nobody else was in there and was in there because he ran that business to the ground. Now, every step we're taking with this thing, we're just slipping all over the place and laughing. We get it into his car and right into my dining room. Guess what? I got a new kitchen table. We made sure to grab the least vandalized one, you know, with the least amount of chewing gum under it and, um, you know, no carvings of some weird guy, weird guy's Tinder dates initials on it. So it wasn't just an act of revenge. It was an act of necessity. All right. A testament to the poverty and uh, determination of a poor musician with an empty stomach and an emptier wallet. Man, in Winnipeg, it's so cold. You, you, you have to wear underwear every day in Winnipeg in the winter. Not that I did. Let's see. I moved there at 17. I stopped wearing underwear at 19. So I only did it for two winters. I spent 10 winters bare balling it. You know, that's a separate kind of steel reserve. <laughs> the kind you hear your balls clanking together in the weather. So yeah, I went through an underwear phase as a teenager for a bit. I also went through a short-lived uh, bandana phase. Not like a gangster, but more in like a, I heard Guns N' Roses, uh, Guns N Roses song once, so this is my life now, and it lasted two days. What other phases? I wore a fedora for a bit. Oh, no, that was actually um, as a young adult. And that dark path actually crossed paths with, a, with another shitty part of my life of having a chin strap beard for a minute. I got mistaken for a leprechaun by a kid at a gas station. That's a whole other story. Anyways, I didn't feel like wearing undies as a kid either, you know? Just went through that phase uh, as a teenager, and that was it. Yeah, because I was about eight years old. One time I was wearing my, my Mighty Duck sweatpants, you know? It mysteriously had a little tiny hole in the crotch, as, as it happens when you're a kid, you know? And um, one time we were at my mom's friend's house. You know how that goes when you're a kid, one of those mandatory, we're taking you and you'll play nice with their kids scenarios. The kind where you're supposed to feign interest in their shitty toys and, and have a polite conversation, when in reality, all you're thinking about is how much you'd rather be at home, you know? Throwing boogers at your own wall. Ah, whatever. Looking at me now, you'd never guess it. But I was actually pretty athletic as a kid. Very bendy. I'm not talking Olympic gymnast levels of flexibility, but I could do the splits and stand on my head and scratch on the walls, that kind of stuff. Uh, so we're at my mom's friend's house, and I get summoned into the living room. My mom goes, show everyone how you can do the splits. I'm like, yeah, all right, because I do that shit any chance I got, you know? So I do the splits one way forward, and then I just flip it around, do it the other way. The whole thing sounds weird, but it's not. Um, things only went sideways when I did the split sideways, all right? And then all of a sudden, everybody starts laughing hysterically, even my mom, you know, with her poofy 90s hair, thrown back like a, like a lion laughing. And I can't figure out why until I looked down. My tiny little wiener was poking through the hole in my pants. That's what I get for not wearing underwear. See, now this story sounds like it's getting weird. <laughs> my, mom, my mom told me I got out of there so fast they didn't even notice I was gone. 
gone in a flash or after a flash. Maybe that's when uh, I started wearing underwear again for a bit. But all I know is that was the last time I ever did the splits. I think that was also around the time I had a pet hamster. Actually, yeah, it was exactly then. I had a pet hamster named Los Angeles Kings. That was the hamster's name. Los Angeles Kings. Big fan of the team and Gretzky even back then. We called him L.A. for short. I feel like every kid has a traumatizing story about a hamster, you know? And I get why kids love them. They're cute, furry, and parents think, well, all right, you know, it's not a big deal. It'll teach you some responsibility with the cleaning, feeding, etc. You know, what could go wrong? Let me tell you, a lot can go wrong. Now, I personally loved and took care of that little hamster. Except when he was being too loud at night. You know, chewing on the bars like like Dick Rivers or, or squeaking like a little broken accordion. I take him to my little brother's room and I go, hey, good news. I'm going to let him stay in your room for a bit. And my brother, you know, in his half dreamlike state, he goes, oh, wow, you're such a nice brother. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Fuck. What a dick. So now this was um, this was also the time when my mom was Jehovah's Witness. Um, so. My brother and I knew Santa Claus wasn't real, but we were at that age where way too many kids in our class uh, still believed in that shit. You know, that's not quite the age of uh, responsibility for a pet that could be crushed by a by a misplaced Watchtower magazine. Um, but that's not what happened to little Los Angeles Kings. He met his fate with a fat ass wiener dog we had. OK, he was in his little journey ball enjoying the free world. He's completely unaware of that dog's existence because I never let him in my room. Partially because I don't want him to eat the hamster And partially because all he did was hump my leg Anyway, that fat fuck dog finds the ball And he gets little LA Traumatizing Is that why I don't like dogs? It's probably not If anything, it was all the humping that traumatized me, you know <laughs> Oh man, that'd be about grade 2, man Grade 2 I still remember there was a hero in that class A legend One day during a morning attendance The teacher, you know, she's calling out our names And when I got to JJ Instead of saying here, he farted. You know? It's like Beatrice. Present. Griselda. Here. JJ. <laughs> I still have never seen a comedy club erupt in laughter like that. Everyone. Everyone was bound together in that special moment, you know? We were all locked arm in arm, swaying back and forth like a soccer victory, you know, chanting songs. I remember nothing else about this kid except his name and that he had a rat tail, which I feel is on point for anyone named JJ. He was the catalyst we didn't know we needed, you know? He woke us up. He made us laugh. He broke the monotony. He turned a drab, ordinary school day into a story, a legend that would be told and retold. Here we are 30 years later. I'm still telling that story. I mean, who doesn't remember the day the fart kid made his mark? Anyways, JJ was my password for everything until I got hacked. <laughs> All right, what else here? Uh, it just says Nickelback documentary on my page. All right. Yeah, I guess they're making a documentary about why everybody thinks they suck. I mean, they're really scraping the barrel on that one, aren't they? Like, who wakes up in the morning and thinks, today I'm going to make a movie about why everyone thinks my band is the musical equivalent of a shit sandwich? It's a weird choice, but all right. You know, Nickelback gets a lot of flack. It's because they're like a fart in the shower. They have an annoying presence and they never quite fade away. And it's largely because back in their glory days, they were overplayed on every single radio station, every hour of the day. And the thing is, if you were stuck at a job where the radio was your only lifeline to the outside world, you would get these Nickelback songs drilled into your skull nonstop. 
So when the casual music listener, you know, someone that isn't crazy about music, but, you know, likes whatever's on the radio, they find themselves in a music store. Everybody does at least a couple times a year, even them. They think, hey, I know Nickelback. Let me get their CD. And that's that's how long ago we're talking about, okay? People are buying CDs. And boom, Nickelback, they're selling millions of records that way. Now, let's not forget that Chad Kruger himself said that he analyzes the top songs on the radio and bases his songwriting around that. Like he goes in, dissects it, and, and you know, builds something that way. So essentially, their fan base consists of the, um, I'm not really into music, but I like what's on the radio crowd. And, you know, Nickelback heads out on tour and people who want to hear them at work think, uh, you know, I got some cash to spare because I got a job. Let's go see Nickelback. They're not music connoisseurs or anything. They just want to have a good time. Meanwhile... Critics and diehard music lovers are shredding Nickelback to pieces. I don't necessarily think they're awful. They're just cheesy, you know? Like, like they got this one song, Shaking Hands. The entire premise of the song is basically, she didn't reach the top by shaking hands, hinting she slept her way there, okay? It sounds like a 14-year-old boy is writing to Dear Penthouse about a sexual experience he never had. You know, like uh, when on the 40-year-old virgin, when he thought a boob felt like a bag of sand. It's like that. Those are Nickelback lyrics in that song. And look, I don't even want to diminish their success. They're a big deal. And they're Canadian. And as a Canadian, I feel like I should be supportive. But the truth is, even in Canada, we're like, Nickelback, no thanks. But on the flip side, they're also selling out arenas. So, I mean, someone's listening to them, right? Or maybe these are just the folks that never turn off their radios at work. Who knows? Take my bullshit with a grain of sand because my band was just playing for Dick Rivers at his bar with a stage someone shit on. Which, by the way, wasn't me. All right, we're going to wrap it there because I'm bored of this already. Make sure you're following us online at Valley Boys Pod on Twitter, at Valley Boys Podcast on Instagram. I am at Valley Boy, or I am at Dave Weasel on both. From Orange County, California, where someone's banging around outside. Uh, Good night.